0: UkraMedia family, Vladimir Proknevsky here, and welcome to episode number 10 off the UkraMedia podcast, where I serve our UkraMedia family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Today's guest is Moore Miraz. Moore is an animator and filmmaker based in New York City. He's also the founder of BloopAnimation.com and a very successful YouTube channel that generated well over 15 million views and 158,000 subscribers. Moore, welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Good to be here. Thank you, thank you. Hey, let's let's start from the very beginning. How did you get started in the world of animation and filmmaking?
1: So I, I went to school for animation. Uh, I actually went to school for advertising at first, the uh, School of Visual Arts in New York. And after about a semester, I realized that I I don't really want to do advertising. And I found the computer arts department there. Uh, I saw that they were doing really, really cool things. And I would kind of always wanted to be into f- like making films, being a filmmaker. When I was a kid, I did stop motion movies, uh, stuff like that. So I I just kind of thought I would never be able to get a job at doing that. But then when I saw what they were doing and I saw that they were actually getting hired a lot and you can have a really good career as an animator, visual effects artist, I decided to switch after about after like one semester. And then I switched and it was amazing. And I just that was like the best experience ever. I loved what I was doing. And after graduating, I I was uh, hired as a character animator in different studios in New York.
0: Nice. I'm kind of new at this, so we stepped out to pursue our own career here, doing our own things. But I'm learning more and more that being an artist is is not good enough these days. You have to kind of. Be really good at a lot of other things as well in order to succeed in this very competitive and highly saturated industry. You know, a lot of artists, myself included, struggle transitioning from being an artist to being an entrepreneur. People have this mentality that if you build it, uh, they will come, but I know it's not true. Now, I've been following you for sev- several years now. I think I first discovered you on the Smart Passive Income podcast with Pat Flynn, which was uh, an amazing episode. You've done a lot since then. You generated thousands of subscribers and millions of views. Several of your videos went viral. You made uh, a lot of great courses, by the way. But what's unique about you is that you're not only a good artist, but you're also a good entrepreneur. And you're also very good at marketing. Because I say that because every time I log into Facebook, man, I see your ads, man. They're everywhere. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, man. I'm like, man, he's doing something right. What is the key to your success, man? What are you doing right?
1: Well I think you know first let's go back to what you were saying at the beginning the the whole artist needs to be an entrepreneur kind of thing I I do think entrepreneurship in general is becoming very popular these days and and I think sometimes it confuses people that this is like what you should do and especially for artists uh, I don't necessarily think that artists need to do this the stuff that I that I've been doing so like I don't think that's the right path for creative artists who want to work as artists and different. So that's not relevant to, to doing that. So yes, you need to be more mindful of stuff like that. Like, and you do need to be a little bit more entrepreneurial these days to get hired. So you need, you know, have your website, maybe a blog is a great idea. Keep some kind of online presence would definitely help you get hired more. Uh, Case studies, you know, about like different shots you've animated if you want to get noticed by studios. But I don't think it's necessarily, uh, it's necessary to like, you know, be a YouTuber or, or sell courses or, you know, do all the stuff. Uh, the stuff that I've been doing came out of my personal feeling, which is, you know, self-awareness is very important. Uh, after four years of school, I got hired, which is what I always wanted to. Like I thought, you know, all I have to do is get hired, whatever, uh, studio, uh, and that'll be just amazing. And I got hired by a really good studio. And I sat there on my first day and I was like, how am I supposed to do this for like, every day, 10 hours, like I immediately felt that this is not for me. It was my mistake for realizing it that late, like not even realizing it through school. Not that I would do anything different, but just I would maybe uh, aim uh, at at different things or maybe start a little earlier. And, And so the moment I realized that I was like, all right, I need to figure out a way around it. So I kept working for about, I think about two years at that point after, but on the side, I was definitely building something that I knew would eventually uh, allow me to to step away from it and work on my own projects only, uh, which is where I'm at right now. Uh, So that was my self-awareness kind of, you know, revelation. But I, you know, I talk at schools and I see a lot of students and most artists are not interested in that. They are interested in in getting hired by studios and love and working those 10 hours a day and working on, you know, different commercials and maybe movies and like different stuff all the time. And not nec- even though it's not their own projects, they still enjoy the work. So that's being an artist. You enjoy doing the actual physical work of, you know, animating, painting, whatever that is. So that's why I'm saying, like, I, I don't think my, my life story is necessarily... Great. For, I mean, you know, someone like you, maybe it, it would be very interesting for because you also kind of took that leap of stepping away from
0: from being uh, hired. I see where you're coming from. And, and you know, entrepreneur life is not for everybody. And some you're right. Some artists are amazing and they're just content going doing the nine to five thing and clocking out and forgetting about it. Not because yeah. you're an entrepreneur. You have so much to worry about. Right. Customer and, and service. It,
1: yeah. That that feeling of, you know, not knowing where your where your salary is coming from. Um, that could be very uncomfortable for a lot of, for most people, I would say. Uh, just like it is uncomfortable for me to sit at someone else's studio and and work for ten hours, and being a self employed entrepreneur doesn't scare me at all. That's just how I I was built. So I never try to to you know to push that agenda on mm-hmm. people. But for those who are interested in you know learning a little bit more about that, I'm I'm always willing to to talk because I I do love that whole. A new thing that that's happening that allows some artists to kind of, you know, go on their own way and sell their own art, whatever that is, and be able to make a living out of it without being uh, tied to some kind of a job that they might not be interested in.
0: Now, what do you recommend someone who is now in college who is about to, uh, I guess, graduate and start their own career? Do you recommend them trying kind of both areas to see if they would like it? Yeah, I think I think you have to figure out if that's even like something you're interested in. And
1: I, I can't, I don't know if there's a way to tell if you, you have that in you or not. You, you got to maybe just, you know, be aware of it yourself. Uh, but I think after you do start working somewhere, you kind of get the feeling if, if that's for you or not. And regardless, I do recommend doing something on the side. Even if you are a working artist, I think for your soul, you know, people want to create stuff. And even if you love being um, a working artist, after five or 10 years, it is going to get a little old oh, yeah. and if you don't, and if you're not doing anything on your side, any kind of anything of a, any kind of personal project um, you're going to feel it, I think. So you need something to keep, to keep you going uh, through those difficult years when you're a little more frustrated
0: I totally agree with that. And not only that, you kind of have to build your own kingdom a little bit on the side because I remember one time, I've never lost a job before, but one time I lost my job and I put all my eggs in that basket. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. all I had and I was building that kingdom. And then in an instance, because when you work nine to five, you think you have this security, this comfort. You think that you always will have a job. But then in one moment, I lost that job. And I remember, I'll never forget that day when like the whole room just began to spin when I got that email. (sighs) And I remember thinking, you know, I, I had second baby on the way. Actually, yeah, I think second baby on the way, high rent, everything. I remember thinking, I will never, ever, ever set put myself in that situation ever again, where I am just dependent on one income. You know, you don't have to be an entrepreneur full time, but I think it's good to have a little income, sort like that passive income on the side as well, to sustain you through hard times. What do you think about that? I, I definitely agree,
1: and, and you know, it's not—it's something that's really hard to achieve. Like some kind of a side income as an artist is not something. That is easily you can easily come by um but I but you should you know a, a different way to look at it maybe is to always be aware of the fact that that it's very temporary and even if you do have a job, it's really an illusion of security right like that's oh, what yeah. a job is it gives you that illusion and people need it and it makes them feel more comfortable going through their lives, whereas you know doing what I'm doing might feel very risky because you don't know you know nobody's paying me a salary but I feel the opposite because like in this case, I know I know that I have 100% of control over my income. Whereas when I'm hired, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, what if what if it all falls down? That to me is, is scary. But again, that's like a personal thing. So I do think that while you're employed somewhere, you need to constantly be working on making yourself very desirable as an artist. So not just sit on your laurels, you know, not just like, you know, I got hired by Pixar. That's it. I don't have to do anything like I can just sit and enjoy because it's never... It's never gonna be forever. Like you're there's always gonna be changes, whether you're gonna be let go or maybe you're you're sick of your job when you quit. You want to transition to something else. So always, you know, work on your website to look very good. Keep updating it with like some kind of a demo reel or a case study analysis of your work, you know, be very, very active, keeping your online presence. Always be prepared for that moment, because it's always gonna come. So when that moment comes like it happened to you, you're not as scared because you know you can just you're probably going to be able to find something else. Yeah. So that that's what I would focus on.
0: And I think it's uh, good to, to try to jump because the thing is, because we fear that thing happening. Like everybody always fear of losing their job and like, what am I going to do? But once it happened, like once I let that moment sink in and I was like, okay, this totally happened. Now I don't have any income. Like this is scary. And i let that fear just consume me for a moment. And I just yeah. kind of, and then after a while I was like, you know, it wasn't so scary. Like we survived for six months. Like, yeah, I had to hustle. I had to go to like uh, networking events and find gigs and my back was against the wall. But man, so much growth. Both happened then more than if I was working a nine to five. Like I learned how to network. I learned how to you know when your back is against the wall, magic. Well, happens. you
1: mentioned Pat Flynn before. You know that's the story there too. Uh, he got fired as an yes, architect. That's and, true. I mean, so like a lot a lot of good stories uh, start with like feeling like you have no choice and you're with your back against the wall, and then you act. So oh, you know my only advice would be to kind of act as if it's already happened. Mm. So that it'll make it a little easier for when it does. Uh, it's a little kind of a paranoid uh yeah, a way to look at things. But you kind
0: of have to because you got, you constantly yeah. have to keep your finger on the pulse and you have to because I heard that the average career span is like four years now because technology changes so much. Oh, yeah. yeah I, you're, what you're doing today, four or five, six, seven years from now, maybe uh, this job may not even exist. So you constantly have to evolve and stay with the market to go to the next thing. And that's something that a lot of people, especially like the older generation, people that worked in the industry for 30 years or 20 years and they lose the job and they're like, that's all I've done for 20 years. I don't know what to do next. You yeah, that's
1: definitely not how things are anymore. Yeah. Uh, Thirty-year, you know, jobs are not happening anymore.
0: No, that's that's this thing uh, of the past. It's gone. No, nobody yeah. will ever have that kind of job security. But you've been doing this for for a long time. You've been on your own. You've been working. I mean, like I said, I've seen you everywhere. You generate. You have. I think like four videos that are well over a million views, which is pretty impressive. Now, what lessons have you learned so far? from which part specifically from, from just being on your own work and doing your own thing has it gotten easier is it getting harder what's something that you would if somebody like myself was just now jumped in what uh what things to watch out for what if you had to do it all over again what would you do different maybe so i
1: i, w- I would say for that person who who is starting something similar it's it's very important to to have like that faith so like i remember when i when I really literally just started the website, like, you know, came up with the name Bloop out of nowhere. And I was like, okay, this is going to be the thing that's going to take me away from, from the the work life. I remember uh, I was having a, a conversation with my, she wasn't my wife then, uh, my fiance, or even maybe a girlfriend. I don't know. I think it was before we even got engaged. And I was like, you just gotta like, just believe me that it, like, it will be okay in about a year or two. I can't, I can't prove it. And I can't like, I can't explain why, but in about a year or two, it's going to be making enough money for me to to, to have a full time. And, on, on the, you know, and until then, I'll be freelancing as an animator, which I did. I'm going to keep myself OK, but it's like it might look weird what I'm doing right now. But like I just I know that it's it's going there. I can see the growth, even if it's from 10 viewers to 20 viewers the next month. As long as like I see that that curve, Um I had faith and, you know, I was writing blog posts for no one basically because when you're starting a blog, you know, nobody's there and I was making videos for no one also, even though my first video actually was very popular for, like, you know, randomly it was uh, the how to make an animated movie video and it, it was a little bit viral for a first video, but, but, you know, the hundreds that came after were not. Um, so, you have to kind of just go through it as if the success has already happened and then eventually reality does catch up hopefully you know if you're if you're if you don't suck if you if you know you all you still have to produce good stuff but even if you produce good stuff it's probably not going to make any difference at the beginning but you got to just kind of fake your brain to thinking that it's that it's going there and it's going to be okay and then eventually it does and then thing Things are okay.
0: So the battle is between your ears, right? So it's like the battle is in yeah. your head. You have to win the battle in your head first. It's,
1: it's more like, it's like perseverance. You you, you have to go through, because it's just that first year or two that's really hard. Because when you're, you're successful and like things are working out and you get all the views and, you know, money and sales that you want, you don't have to really convince yourself to keep doing it. Because right. like it's it's working. But those in those first years, it's just like, it's really nothing. Uh, and you have little victories, like, you know, little little things that are happening that are really fine you got and you should use them to give yourself more energy but um my best advice would be to just keep at it for you know and tell yourself like i i don't i'm just going to do it with my eyes closed for 2 years and and know that it's going to be okay after that uh but not worrying when you're when you're not making any money or getting a lot of attention in those first years just not worry about it and it's very important to have some other income because if you're stressed about money while you're working on it, and you, then your 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 brain starts to twist, and you're starting starting to think about bad ideas on how to make that thing, you know, generate some Become kind of
0: desperate and desperate people. Yeah, do desperate and then maybe things.
1: maybe I'll just you know put some kind of a ad in the middle of the whole website and make another hundred dollars this month, or. Or maybe I'll approach some kind of company for like a sponsor. You start thinking about things that maybe you wouldn't have that are not very good for your, for the brand you're trying to build.
0: That's true. You're um, in like, like survival mode. And once your brand goes yes. to survival mode, you're not thinking straight and you're making bad, bad decisions. Now, what <laughs> tactics did you use to promote your business?
1: So my tactics uh, definitely changed over time. So they were very different when I started. Like when I remember when I started Reddit, posting on Reddit was a thing I did. Like I really had no idea what I was doing. And I didn't really know Reddit. So I was kind of like one of those obnoxious people who promote their stuff on Reddit, even though you're not supposed to. <laughs> um, so I was just like posting stuff there all the time. And I, I just got a lot of views from from that way somehow. I don't know, at, at the beginning, it got some traction. Then I, I remember my first like serious tactic, tactic that really worked was focusing on keywords and trying to dominate all the good keywords related to animation, and I pretty much did it for a lot of big ones that I tried to get, like animation for beginners. Obviously, I have an ebook with that name, and a, an article that still gets hundreds of views every day. Um, and animation documentaries, animation programs, animation best animation software, um, best animation schools, best animation studios—all like trying to. Whenever you're looking for something that is about animation, I I try to have a very good thorough article or video about that topic. So in that first year, I really just focused on that because that helped me build a foundation of viewers that I could then, you know, show other stuff uh, that I have also like maybe not as sexy articles or videos. But to get people in the door of your website, you have to create some content that is good for SEO so that they will find you uh, if you don't want to pay for ads. That was
0: my, my big first tactic that I did, I think. Do you have a team now? Do you outsource a lot of your work?
1: I outsource some of the work, uh, not so much in the right. The videos, I do all of them myself. I used to have a writer for one of my shows. I sometimes still hire a writer for like specific videos that I that I don't know how to write the content for. So like I had a video talking about the, difference, the differences between Flash and Toon Boom. So I used my instructor that I... I hired to create most of my courses to make that video because he's you know he's an expert on 2D animation specifically using those programs. So he wrote the script for that specific video and I, uh, I outsource some of my Facebook ads. I have like a, a person I was using like a consultant for creating Facebook ads, like marketing stuff like that. but I also did a lot of it myself, so it's a combination. I do like ideally try to outsource whatever I, whatever I can, whatever doesn't require my specific you know vision.
0: Uh, or or talents, I don't know. Now your Facebook ads were they are they pretty successful? I'm curious because I see them everywhere.
1: Uh yeah. I mean, I think you're just seeing them everywhere because you're really in that niche. Like Monday. it's not like I'm I'm not spending like thousands of dollars every day on like Facebook ads. Um, but yeah, they. I mean, they're always. I always keep them positive, like ROI positive, so they never lose money. So I optimize them so that whatever money I spend on them, I would always get some, you know, more than that back.
0: Do you recommend people getting more into Facebook ads or is it something you're just now trying? No, I mean, yes, it's
1: the the best platform for ads that there are, there is online currently. So if you're considering doing any kind of paid uh, marketing, there's no place better than that for any any industry.
0: Now your courses, because man, you have like eight of them out now and you're working on another one, which we'll talk about later. What's just the structure for making a good course? How do you start working on a good course?
1: I try to think of it as like I... I try to structure it as the the only course you would need for that specific thing you're trying to learn. So, for example, like a Toon Boom, you know, a Toon Boom animation course, which is one of our more more popular courses. After watching this course, you can animate whatever you want in Toon Boom. You can make a short film. You can make a little sketch for YouTube. You can make a feature film if you want to. In all of the the, the animation styles that that offers, it has like hand-drawn. It has vector-based, puppet-based, like everything. So... But nothing more than that. So, like, my courses are always very to the point, and they teach you all the stuff very, very, like, um, like, not simply, but, like, very uh, thoroughly, but quickly. So, I don't teach all, like, all the tools that every program has to offer. I want the people to watch it to, like, go through it as as quickly as they can so they can start animating. So, that's one thing, making a course that is the only course you're going to need for that specific topic. And... I also aspire to create the best course you can find online for that specific topic. So, for example, the course that's coming up on May 1st, it's called Creating a Graphic Novel. It's a course about making graphic novels. Now, I'm telling you, as someone who's researched it a lot and is very interested in making graphic novels also, there is no better course online than the course that we're releasing next month. I'm completely confident in saying that, like, you can't find a better course for self-publishing your own comic book slash graphic novel. It teaches, like everything from how to you know how to technically draw all the basic concepts and terms and like what do you call it like the the comics language like the theory behind it but it also teaches publishing like what tools you know amazon self-publishing on amazon what what uh, printers you want to use if you want to print on demand so it's from like literally from start to finish from coming up with an idea to having it posted on amazon or or whatever tool you, you choose as well as how to approach publishers if you want to publish in a traditional way so for someone in you know in today everybody wants to publish a graphic novel like it's a very popular thing because because of self-publishing because it became such a big thing so like this is just the best course for that so that that's an, like another thing i'm trying to to figure out if there's al- already a good course online somewhere then how do i make it better or maybe there isn't like in, in this course, in, in this case, I don't think there is something that even comes close to that. And, and, the, and the quality, the production quality as well is very important.
0: When you work on your courses, do you start with writing first? How do you? I'm There's an out, a very clear outline. Everything
1: is scripted. There's no improvising. Like we don't waste the viewer's time by not writing a script before. So when you don't write a script and you start like recording your screen, whatever, you have a lot of like stuff, that, a lot of mistakes, a lot of like ums and uhs and stuff like that. I make sure all the videos in my courses are 100% scripted and are 100% like fluid so there's no wasted second in the entire lesson. Mm,
0: that's and that's something that we're running into. My brother's been working on the course for 3 months now and I wish we started from the very beginning writing out the course cuz we made a mistake to kind of just go by the outline and yeah. man that was it took hours and hours, just record like two, three minutes, you know? And he was actually, I remember he was, he finally just burned out and said, look, I can't do this. And then we, we were like, well, why don't we just start writing it from scratch and just follow this? Well, my
1: first course, I did have just an outline for each lesson. And then I was like, gonna, you know, go through the outline as I record. And it was very hard. Yeah. And I had to do a lot of editing to make it perfect. And it's not recommended. So even, you know, even if my, on my own videos, the one you see on YouTube of me talking, everything is scripted. So that, and that's and that's my you know some people can just go off script and be very articulate and fluid with what they're saying, but for me it's very hard and I freeze a lot of the time if I don't have if I don't know exactly what I'm supposed
0: to go through. For me, it was faster and easier and more efficient to write these things down. Now I'm curious with the courses, why not go and like post them on Medium or or not Medium? What's the Udemy? I think Udemy is the course yeah, yeah. platform. Why why go through the hustle of uh, <laughs> on, you know getting why a do server? You think? <laughs> well, well I, I think I I, know, I have a, my answer, but I'm curious to hear yours. Because
1: it's not mine. I make such good courses. Why would I give it to someone else?
0: See, that's and I think that's a mistake people make. It's like, well, I'll just put you on Udemy. But they discount it. And on top of that, what's big for me, because I, I was thinking, we were thinking that route at first, but I'm like, nah, you give so much control to somebody else. And you don't get to keep the contacts, the email information, all that stuff, which is important because then you can use contacts and email information from the first course and market Uh, Your second course of that. And I think that to me, that was it. That was the selling point.
1: And and listen, Skillshare, Udemy, these are great platforms and are are great business models for some people. So you can definitely use those platforms and make an amazing living creating courses for them. But this is just something you have to set up to do. Like, for me, it was never, it was always about owning the platform and and creating a brand that is long lasting. But some people who don't have an audience and don't have the patience or will to build an audience, and they just are very knowledgeable about certain things. They can create like, you know, 10 courses on Udemy over a period of a few years and just keep creating more and more and, and build their kind of their audience over there and their their reputation and make a lot of money. And that's great. Maybe they're not interested in a personal brand and a whole studio website thing. And, you know, there's a lot of work. You got to manage the course platform. You got to build a lot of it with, you know, it's with plugins, but there's still so much handmade stuff that has to go in there. And maybe they don't want to do all of that. It's a hassle. And I have to pay a lot of money for video host. Yeah. Hosting, video hosting. Uh, file hosting for the downloadable videos. Uh maybe you don't want to do that and that's perfectly fine but for me yeah it's it's the same as you know having a job you put your eggs in someone that's else's true. basket. Oh, that's
0: dangerous. Now what's next for Bloop Animation?
1: So we just we just released our third animated short so you know it's it's always been very important for me that this studio creates original content not just educational products with uh, but also animated films. So that was kind of the whole reason I was doing that so that I can make my own creative, you know, projects, in this case short films. And I've created two already and under bloop animation with another one in when I was in school. So we just finished that. That was a two and a half year project. Uh that, you know, we had a ton of people working on it. It took a very long time. And now in addition to focusing on courses, we 're currently in debates on the next big project, which i it 's not one hundred percent decided, so i 'm not going to get into it but it 's going to be another kind of film i 'm just not sure how long or, or how short it 's going to be yet uh, This is like literally in in work in the works right now uh making that decision and you know once it's decided I'll share it on the on the channel as well but definitely uh focusing on on many more courses so in addition to the comic book course we're also also going to release another course about a month or two later and I'm currently uh, expanding to courses that focus not just on animation but Also about their stuff that revolve making a short film. So like editing, script writing, um, you know, we have the storyboarding course, which was our our first course that is not not animation course, even though you do need to know how to storyboard to make an animated movie. So more stuff like that that revolve around the production of of making a, a film.
0: Now, how can people get in touch with you?
1: you can go to bloopanimation.com. Um, there's a contact page if you, you know, if you really want to send a message, but all the courses are there and a lot of great articles and a ton of free tutorials as well, so you don't have to buy anything. And the YouTube channel, Bloop Animation, also on, on YouTube. We post usually uh, like a one or two videos every week. Uh, really fun stuff
0: over there. All right. Well, hey, man, thank you so much for your time. I hear your dog is eager to hang out with you over there. <laughs> all right, thank yeah, you so sure. much for your time, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: All right, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with More Moraz. More, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Make sure to check out bloopanimation.com. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are available on our website at ukramediacom slash 10. We are still on track with our expressions course. should be launching on April 16th, which is our birthday. Super excited about that. You can sign up for updates at ukramediacom slash expressions. If you'd like to be guest on our show, you can apply at ukramediacom slash apply. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Euclid Media Podcast. Bye-bye.